Hey, welcome to another episode of The Pilot's Advisor. I'm Walter Storholt, and in a few moments, we're going to bring you a great conversation between, of course, Ryan Fleming, The Pilot's Advisor here on the podcast, who you hear from every episode. But he's joined today by a special guest, Captain Robert Eklund of Southwest Airlines. And this episode is going to delve into the significant new tentative agreement, the TA, for Southwest Pilots. That's going to discuss its impact. They're going to discuss the implications of the TA and much more. They're going to talk about some of the key aspects of the contract that's coming out, including compensation, disability benefits, retirement plans, the implementation schedule. Uh, They're going to focus on some of the intricacies of the cash balance plan, the exceptional disability benefits, and uh, that compensation increase. So this is going to be a really important discussion if you are a Southwest pilot, concerned about your financial future, wanting to know some of the ins and outs. This is going to be a really important conversation to listen to and hopefully pick up some great knowledge here. So they're going to talk about some of the pros and cons of these changes and give you that in-depth analysis that you might be looking for. So let's get to it. We'll roll the intro and then bring you the conversation between Ryan and Robert. Hope you enjoy today's episode of The Pilot's Advisor. Welcome to The Pilot's Advisor with Ryan Fleming, a first officer with FedEx on the 777 at the helm. On this show, we'll delve deep into tailored financial strategies, insights, and wisdom crafted exclusively for those who rule the skies. We'll help you navigate your financial flight plan with the same mastery you exhibit in the cockpit. Prepare for takeoff into a journey of financial clarity and empowerment. The Pilot's Advisor starts now. Southwest Pilots, welcome to another edition of the Pilot's Advisor podcast. And we have a very, very special show bringing in the big guns today. I got a good friend of mine. Uh, former academy grad, and I'll tell you a little bit more about his background. I think he flew 130s and KC-10s in the Air Force. Southwest Airline captain now in the financial services industry, and I'm going to let him talk about that. But want to welcome to the show, and thank you so much. We have Rob Eklund on the show. Rob, welcome. Hey, pleasure to be here, Ryan. Well, uh, you know, of course, I'm not a Southwest Airlines expert. Been looking at the TA. It's an exciting time for Southwest pilots right now. And of course, all my Southwest clients are asking me questions about this or about that. And I keep telling them, wait for the podcast. We're going to talk about it. It'll be plenty of time before the vote goes out. Um, but but thanks for being here. And I got to be honest with you, almost every single Southwest pilot I've talked to is pretty excited about this TA and, and also thinks that it's probably going to get passed. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff there. And they've rolled it pretty quick, actually, Ryan. So they... Uh... The it, voting's open right now, which is which is pretty surprising. I, I wasn't quite sure how they'd get that out when the TA kind of uh, started coming into into uh, process in December. There, it looked like we might get one, and then when we got it, they they've rolled it out. They've done a bunch of road shows, and and uh, first off, I'd definitely say thanks for having me on. And I knew you way back before. I know we're gonna get into this, but I knew you back before you were invited to the NFL Combine. So that's, <laughs> I did the math on this 27 years ago, Ryan, 1997. Oh, <laughs> First off, you're you're showing how old we are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to. <laughs> and then, then throw me under the bus with that NFL Combine thing. <laughs> So, oh, so with man. that being said, I want to make fun of both of us. I like how we all have our little, we're like little kids. We have our toys behind us. <laughs> and uh, just so I can get to the age, because Rob is actually a little bit older than me. So just so I can get to Rob's status, I'm going to put some cheaters on here that I'm <laughs> just starting to have to use. Oh, there you are. Now I see you. <laughs> Apologies for the uh, face for radio. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so anyway, I, I, we, we like to have fun here, and obviously we've known each other for a long time. But I wanted to reach out to Rob because, you know, he has intimate knowledge of what's going on here at Southwest and, of course, the TA. And I feel like Southwest pilots have, are, have been in the position that I'm in right now, being a FedEx pilot, where we've had negotiations going on for a long, long time. And so I'm super excited for you guys um, to have this new TA, TA out there. And I, it seems like most people are pleased. So what we want to do is just get into some of the issues and some of the talking points on what we see as advisors. And of course, insert whatever kind of uh, disclosures you want right now. This is not financial advice and all that. Uh, we're just here, two pilots talking about a new TA and, and excited about it. And like I said, I want to bring, bring in the big guns here with Rob so we can talk intelligently about some of those things. I love it. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure there will be bumpers added on for, for all the legalese stuff. But uh, we're not giving advice, just talking about it. And obviously, I'm not representing Southwest in any capacity, just just talking about the contract. And I'll try to keep my opinions out of it, for sure. Okay, well, you know, I, I think our pilots want a little bit of opinions here and there where you can can uh, offer it. Um, but I'm going to let you roll with this. I mean, we know, we talked about some talking points that we wanted to do, you know, talk about overall the contract, talk about some compensation, um, some of the stuff with disability retirement. I know there's a lot of questions about the cash balance plan. So I definitely want to talk about that and try to make sure people understand what we're what they're trying to accomplish there and, and how it is from a tax perspective. So this, uh, what, what do you want to roll with first? Uh, yeah, just probably the quick overview. I'm not going to get into some of the, you know, there's so much in this contract. Obviously, it was a complete rewrite. This is a great segue. Complete rewrite of our contract. We'd had some decades old language that was in there that we need firmed up, frankly. And and they had some notes, I guess, that they take during these negotiations that really weren't in our favor. And the company would use them in a certain way. And pilots wouldn't like that. So this was really to firm all of that up, as not to mention clean up some of the disability stuff the compensation's a no-brainer uh, but all of that was in this contract and i think you know from the union's perspective perspective the company's perspective they reached something that uh, the pilots are going to be very happy with i think that's uh, that's an opinion there but uh, complete rewrite there was i think 3000 line items there and 43% were changed and language was firmed up uh, as well as improvements in compensation retirement disability and scheduling work rules that I'm not going to really get into here. There's going to be a lot of tournament players, as we say at Southwest, that are be, going to be uh, picking through that stuff. But focusing on the financial side, the disability retirement compensation is uh, right up there. Obviously, being in this industry and seeing it, I know with a contract, the devil is always in the details. And, and sometimes you have to wait till the contract's passed and you start seeing how the, the company is using certain language. So I hope... I hope a lot of those uh, language changes benefit you guys. But the first thing I want to talk about is I get a ton of questions about a cash balance plan. And I'm actually going to have a break off of this from a CPA at Pilot Tax, giving his opinions on the cash balance plan and what it was designed to do and some of the issues with it. But basically, and, and feel free if you disagree with anything I say, I, want, I do want to hear your opinion uh, because you are in the industry, but... But what's going on is a lot of the company contributions that they're putting in are getting to such a high level. They want to have, it's going to actually exceed the IRS limit. Uh, 2024, we have 69,000. So, hey, how do we fix that? And so they're having that rollover go into a cash balance plan, which is all tax deferred. Now, in general, tax deferred money could be a good thing. You're not paying tax on it now. 
But because of these high contributions that all the airlines are doing in this industry, a lot of pilots have a ticking tax time bomb in retirement where they have way too much tax deferred money because they didn't have a Roth option all these years. So some of the downsides to the cash balance plan is when it gets rolled into there to fit more tax deferred money, you lose all control of it is a thing I really don't like. Um, also, it's invested very, very conservatively. Um, some of them are even like 40% equity, 60% fixed income, which is even more conservative than most people are in retirement, which I don't like. Okay. So those are some of the downsides. And I really like what Delta Airlines did where they give, gave pilots the option to opt into it or opt out of it, um, where they could keep control and they could really crank up their Roth contributions. Um, whether it's after tax conversions or just the Roth 401k and then deal with the money afterwards. So it seems in this TA, it doesn't look like Southwest is giving you guys the option. If the TA passes, that spillover is going to go into the uh, cash balance plan, which like I said, it's not a horrible thing, but there's definitely some things I don't like about it. Yeah, that was a great tee up for me. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, comparing the Delta to the Southwest contract, they had the 18% uh, there for the non-elective contribution, I think, in uh, 2026 is when we get that 17%, uh, or excuse me, 18% right away, and then it'll be 20% later on for us, which is 1%. So the market-based cash balance plan for us is 1% automatic. You don't get to opt in, don't get to opt out. But what that does, it sets up a defined benefit versus the defined contribution plan, which I'm sure you've gone over, can go over, but all that does, to your point, Ryan, is with all this money that, that we're now making as pilots, you know, sometimes our savings doesn't go up. So that defined benefit allows us to get more dollars in a qualified tax-advantaged account, which, to your point, it, it, you have to weigh the, pos the, the uh, pros and cons for each person in each uh, situation. So give Ryan or myself a call for sure. There's nuances for younger folks that they, they probably don't want to be in that 40-60 portfolio that, that it rolls into, but there's some security there too. So uh, definitely dif uh, situation dependent. But what I love about it is it's a very elegant solution that Southwest came up with. It's 1% just off the top. And then any non-elective contribution spill money would go into that. So above the 415 C limit that you talked about, the 69,000, that would spill into it in addition to the to the 1%. So if you're making, you know, the uh, magic number for the 401 say uh 401 uh A17 is 345,000, you get the 1%, so 3,450 and then spill in addition to that for, you know, this next year could be 16,100. So as opposed to and I'm throwing a lot of numbers, so rewind <laughs> if you need to <laughs> 69,000, you know, limited for this year for uh, uh, under 50 years old, you'd be able to get up to $85,100 in that qualified account. So that that's kind of nice. We like that. It's good. Most the pilots you work with must be much be a, uh, excuse me, must be a lot smarter than the pilots I work with. I try to <laughs> I try to talk I try to talk concepts, you know, concepts Yeah, that's better. That's better. Because I otherwise I, I get to look like this like deer in the headlights look, but yeah. but Ultimately, saving is better than not saving. So if it forces you or helps you to keep some of that money being saved for retirement, that's a great thing. I'd much rather have that happen than it spill over into your income and then you go spend it wherever. Um, you know, and I, I get to see all these different, uh, the differences in all the airlines and what their TAs have and what their retirement plans have. Something that I saw on this that I thought was amazing is 
a change that you guys had in disability. And I want you to talk about that because at FedEx and, and some of the other airlines, you're always capped, okay? They're going to do a 12-month look back, and then they're going to pay you, like at FedEx, at 60%. But it's going to be capped at some number. And I was looking at yours, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. There's no cap. So you could have a huge year, go out on disability, and then be locked into an amazing income. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Before I get to that, Ryan, the one thing I would say with the market-based cash balance plan that you kind of talked about is having that decision. You don't get the one the decision on the 1%, and then it goes up to 2%. And that's all in addition. If you look at the big four, as we say with uh, American, United, Delta, and Southwest, that's above and beyond any of their non-elective contributions. So that 1%, you know, you could say could go towards, uh, you know, your pay rate, which if you're trying to get towards that seven, five, seven, seven, six, seven, uh, narrow body rate, that would help with that. But then above that, that, that spill cash, as we say, the NEC spill cash, what's important about that is you can't, you do have control of your own 401k contributions and you can throttle those back, forcing more of the company dollars into not the market-based cash balance plan, which is important. So you do have a little bit of control or quite a bit of control on that spill cash, just throttling back your 401k contributions. Yeah, absolutely. And I, but I, and I also think I like it because it is, if you kept your contributions where you're trying to max out, it, it's forcing discipline too, where it's forcing that to be retirement money, where it spills over and it's retirement money. So we don't go see that shiny Corvette or that new boat you know, I know the yeah. way I'm one of them. I know the way pilots are, man. They like to go, you know, go blow it. And, and, and there's going to be a whole break off of this where I talk to a CPA as well, because those retro checks that you guys are going to get, that's going to be a big deal. And you don't want any tax surprises. So if you're one of those individuals that's going to go spend that versus saving it for that tax bill that's coming, we're going to have a whole breakaway where a CPA talks about that for you guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be great. Uh, I'm so glad you're doing that for folks because because they need that help. And and I would love to talk, you know, circle back to that too because there's a couple of foot stompers with that that your your clients definitely want to know about with that as they're calling it ratification bonus pay the RBP. But uh, to your to your disability question, I think that's just that's huge that we are finally fixing that for Southwest. I know a lot of carriers had some better uh, disability plans than we did, and ours was overly complex. I mean, you almost had to have a PhD to figure out when you were going to, certain uh, disabilities were going to kick in. You had your short-term disability or long-term disability. We'll get into that. It's very simple now. So you have the 60-day um, elimination period, and that's set. So you don't have to worry about all these different calculations. It starts then, and to your point, it's 50%, which some people are him and hon because it used to be a different ratio for our, and I'm not going to talk about those because it just con convolutes this, the issue, but there's no cap. Those, those, uh, the old plans had caps. These ones don't have caps. And if you get into a, to your point, a non-taxable, you can select the non-taxable versus the taxable. And you'll see that in your imputed income, which we'll talk about again, I'm sure. But that imputed income is where you kind of pay that initially. And then when you get that benefit, 50%, if you make you know $500,000, you're getting $250,000 tax-free. 
that is insane. I, you know, to be that honest, I'm wondering great. what you think about that. I was like, I don't even know if this is sustainable, but, uh, for the company, but, uh, that's, that's a big thing. It's, it's fantastic for our pilots and, and well-deserved and, and, you know, given all of the, the risks that we take in this industry, that, that should be the way it is. I think, uh, the other big win for us, was, I, I would, I would say oh, that's industry leading for sure. Cause that, it's amazing. And you're right. We do, you know, not only, you know, it's harmful on our bodies with a lot of the risks we take and being at altitude and what have you. So kudos to your, uh, your group for, uh, negotiating that. I think that's great. Yeah. And the other big win, um, for us was the mental part of it, which is obviously, uh, you know, been in the news a lot lately with the Alaska airline pilot there. So you are out 50% all the way until mandatory retirement, which if it's 65 or 67 or whatever it ends up being, you get it all the way till that retirement date. And it includes mental. Um, there are, there are some caveats there, but, uh, overall that's kind of generally speaking. Well, if you guys haven't noticed yet, not only is Rob the eye candy on this, uh, <laughs> We do a podcast. He's also the brains, which is exactly why I asked him to do this. Okay. So thank, thank you for really get digging in and, and talking about some of these things that I think is going to really help out Southwest pilots. And then of course we have a lot of other pilots. You'd be amazed at how many pilots will actually listen to this podcast, just hearing about what's going on in other industries. And, uh, when I look back, I look at, I, I feel like Southwest pilots are compensated very well, but when you start looking at all the benefits and the retirement packages, it is very complicated because stuff's all over the place. And another thing I saw on this, what I, what I think is an amazing opportunity is that you guys have all your profit sharing sitting over at Empower. It's kind of locked off. You can't really do a whole lot with it. And my understanding is there's going to be a one-time option or if you're over 59 and a half where you can actually roll that and put it wherever you want, any custodian that you want and be able to do what you want with it. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, let me finish up one one other big point I wanted to hit. And sorry, I'm looking at my other screen here. <laughs> but uh, dis on the disability front is we didn't used to get retirement contributions off of that money. Oh, right? yeah, the, the company and contributions. Yeah, exactly. So now we're going to get retirement contributions. So if you're out, you know, that's the big thing is planners. We always talk about, hey, you're out on disability. Don't forget you. You got to still be saving for retirement. So huge, huge win there. The 17 percent non-elective contribution plus the 1%, and then that goes up to 2% and 18% in 2026. So that's just, that, that, that's huge. I, I wanted to- I'll, I'll say it one more time, industry leading right there. That is impressive. It's very yeah. impressive and a great win for you guys. Huge. I, you know, uh, the guy who uh, was negotiating it, Damien Jeanette, I told him during the roadshow, I was like, if I didn't already have a firstborn son, uh, I'd name him Damien Jeanette, but I already have one. So <laughs> he, I mean, he knocked out of the park on several, yeah. several things and, you know, kudos to the company for coming through and paying for it. I mean, hats off to them for, for agreeing to this stuff, because I really feel like we deserve it as pilots and, and uh, Southwest pilots, you know, we're due. And I'm hoping that it helps the industry, you know, for other other carriers as well. Well, absolutely. And I mean, you guys, you guys work very, very difficult schedules and uh, you guys, it's been a long time coming. I mean, how many years are we down now with this, this negotiation? I think it's been one of the more frustrating ones in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. It was called contract 2020. So that gives you some perspective on how long we've been doing it. I know we're going to talk about this a little bit, but hats off again to the union and the company, but the union, they didn't have, they didn't came out. They just put the facts in front of us and they let, you know, the tentative agreement 
really speak for itself. There was no sales job on their part. And if you haven't gone to swapa.org, if you're a Southwest guy or gal and check that out, they have so much, so many videos and podcasts that they do a fantastic job of, of getting into the, uh, the really nitty gritty, uh, gritty details of the TA. So see, and um, I have to step in there and say something because at the company I'm at, we've had a problem with this rather than having a TA speak for itself and see it all that, Hey, this is what we have and it's industry leading and we want to all vote for this. Um, there's, there's a lot of sales jobs that's gone on and, 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 uh, which I do not like. Um, but I, but I have to, I've actually asked that question to many Southwest pilots, clients, prospects, Hey, how, how are you guys getting this TA information? Is it, is it just presented out there or has there been a sales job? And they kind of look at me funny, like sales job. And it's yeah. just because of what I know. At my, it's been that way the last two contracts. It was super refreshing. The negotiating committee headed by uh, the folks over there, uh, Jody Revan, just did a fantastic job of explaining that, I thought, during the road shows of, hey, we took the polling numbers. A bunch of polling led up to this after the last contract in 2016. They did a bunch of polling, and they let that drive the negotiations. Now, they obviously weren't going to put out what those numbers were because then the company would know where we wanted what we wanted. So those those numbers are close hold for sure. But uh, they let that you know the pilots speak for what they wanted, which is why you know if you if you ask what are the downsides of the contract, we didn't get some things like crew meals and some other things that that are kind of standard at other companies. And the reason for that was, is, hey, we wanted to go after these big time benefits and disability and compensation plans that are really above and beyond what uh, some other carriers have. So I think that's, they let the polling drive that. And so when it came time to kind of, uh, present that to the to the pilot group here it spoke for itself which is the way it's supposed to be in my opinion and of course we're we're working on ta 2.0 hoping for something like you guys have a ta that sits there and it speaks for itself so congratulations to you guys again yeah thanks man and and we went through this iteration too we you know we had a ta2 uh back in 2016 there so we had to go through where it wasn't what necessarily the pilots wanted at all in the ta1 uh and finally we got there with with uh a little bit of consternation <laughs> yes and, so, and i uh, apologize I, you asked me another question uh <laughs> i circled back and i forgot what it was i apologize um, let me see. I was trying to think of what we moved on to because I can't remember either. And of course, let me let me talk a little bit about the ratification bonus, if you don't mind. Yeah, that's what it was. We talked about that, okay. CPA talking about what to do with it, tax consequences, how not to have a tax surprise because nobody likes taxes anyway. But what's worse than taxes is a, a tax surprise. Uncle Sam's going to get his. And you probably have heard this from your clients, no doubt, Ryan. But unfortunately, our tech debt sometimes uh, is is a hindrance to us. So what they have at the company here is called Workday. And apparently, they don't have the option to change the taxes, the tax rate on that. So most bonus pays taxed, as you know, at 22%. Well, we're going to get a tax rate of 37% on this. So, well, But here's the funny part about that. This is actually a good thing for you guys, and I and we'll have a breakaway on this with the CPA. So what happens at other airlines, though, they get taxed at the withholding is at that bonus rate that you just talked about. But that doesn't change what your income uh, tax is going to be later. So guess what? A lot of people aren't saving that extra 
gap between 22 and 37 or wherever you where you sit and guess what it's a big surprise and i already went and bought that airplane or i already went and got that corvette and now you got to come up with the cash well guess what (laughs) Standing so ovation, actually, Ryan. Exactly. So, so I actually look at what's going on, even though I think you said it was workplace is unable to give it to you guys, and it's withholding more. It's almost protecting pilots from themselves. I mean, I got to be honest. I I work with pilots all the time. I am one of them, and I actually saw that, and we talked about it, and we were like, God, I I think that's actually better for pilots because <laughs> yes. it's almost yeah. protecting you guys from getting more of a surprise. No doubt. I mean, obviously, we don't love giving money when we don't need to, but at the end of the day, it's going to all come out in the wash when you file your taxes. And if you really want to, you know, a few months down the road, that's what we've advocated at Leading Edge there is, hey, take a look at your your pay. And if you need to adjust, go in and change your W-4 and have less taxes come out. But but I think you're exactly right. (laughs) It's almost like you listened to my conversation that I recorded previous to this with uh, Zach Smith at Pilot Tax, because we're talking about how it wasn't going to come out at the normal rate, but it might be okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie and Kevin over over with me there, They they uh, we were talking about it, and they, were, they had some great points, so I love it, man. Yeah, and the other thing, too, uh, you know, so just so you know, or your listeners know, you probably already know this, but the, you know, you're going to get that what looks like, and if you go to swappa.org and, and check it out under the resources and calculators, they'll tell you what, what they have. You know, it's not exact, but pretty close to what you're going to get in the ratification bonus pay. Remember, that's the top end. That's the gross. So 37% is going to come off that. Then a 1% dues for Swappa. And then your FICA comes out at 7.65. So take 45.65% off of that, and you'll realize what you're doing. But I'll throw in this I just cabinet. got sick just hearing that. What? <laughs> Almost 50% of my money's not even showing up. 50%. Yep. And then that's not even taking into account whatever you have selected for your 401 or for your bonus. Yeah, Excuse me. It's Schwab, your bonus. Voting, yeah. yeah, your bonus contribution to your 401k. So that bonus contribution will come out as well. If you have it Roth, you know, if you have $100,000, you're getting a bonus. Take forty five thousand six hundred fifty out of there because you're getting all taxed on it. If you, even if you have twenty percent Roth, if you have pre tax, now you lower that a little bit. So something something to keep keep in mind because you're obviously uh, doing the pre tax and it takes uh, some well, and, of those taxes away right and, now. And once again, with that, we're not giving advice. There's a bunch of different strategies based off of what you think may or may not happen today or in the future or who gets elected. So uh, just just know or talk to a tax professional on what might be the best route for you. Yes. What what else you want to cover here? We got. I, uh, I think we've covered a lot of this, and and to be honest with you, I would like you, uh, you know, once again, talk about the compensation, talk about how that that flows in, because I always joke with you guys or some of my friends that are Southwest pilots. I'm like, hey man, what, what equipment are you on now? Quick number: fifty percent increase over the life of the contract for the for the compensation. We get twenty nine point one five, about twenty nine percent on the effective date of January 1st, 2024. And I think it's closing 2022. So the uh, uh, January 22, excuse me. So I think that that will be the time when uh, it's effective uh, on a lot of things. Implementation was a big source of consternation right towards the end there. And some things to happen right away. Some things don't. The majority of things happen right away. But uh, 29% ish and change uh, right now. Then the next three years will be 4% each year. 
with 2028 going to 3.25%. And this this last part is a real win, I think, again, uh, for both the company and, and the union here is, hey, let's not prolong negotiations any more than we need to. And maybe a little incentive on that is after 2028, uh, you get into a 2.5% increase on the previous 12 months uh, earnings, your W-2 earnings. So in 20, January 1st, 2030, you're going to get a paycheck of 2.5% based on your W-2. I'm sorry, but I don't think there should ever be a contract that doesn't have some sort of uh, increase like that. Because if we're all going to come to the table with good intentions, okay, there's got to be that adjustment. And I think it should be more like 4 or 5%. So it actually forces us to want to come to the table because we know the way this game has been for a long time. We just kicked the can down the street. You know, it's obviously saving the company money. Well, we got a big taste of inflation over the last few years, and, it, and, it's, and it's been a, a problem, a big problem. And I also want to bring up the implementation schedule. That is huge. I mean, we are in a contract that we're still trying to negotiate a 2020 contract as well. There is still stuff that hasn't been implemented that was promised in the last contract. So the devil is in the details. And were there ever any gray areas? Um, sometimes they get taken advantage of. So it, it matters. And the fact that you guys have a great implementation schedule for, for pay and some of these other things, I, uh, you know, once again, I, I, I uh, commend uh, what you guys have been able to put on the table here. And I'm actually very excited for all Southwest pilots. And I hope it just trickles over to the rest of the industry. Hint, hint, FedEx. Yeah, the only other thing that probably is a big foot stomper for your folks is uh, the work rules. I'm not going to get... Uh, you know, in depth on that because you can get right over people's heads real fast. But they'll, the, the Southwest uh, folks know that there's a difference between how we operate and how we want to operate. And so this contract tries to work with some of those uh, or work towards some of those improvements. So we have leg change override and pay multiples that are really, <laughs> if, if we keep operating the way we operate now, could lead to some really big money. And uh, we could get it. That could be a whole podcast in and of itself because of the way we've operated in the past. But what it means is, you'll, you know, a lot of times when things would start changing, you wouldn't get any more pay because it'd be absorbed by by what was happening. We all the changes we get absorbed by um, the rigs there. That's no longer going to happen. So. Yeah. So all these, you know, revisions to help out the company, uh, and we have the same problem. where through COVID and everything else. Our revisions were crazy. And we didn't get any extra compensation for it. And I think that, that the flexibility has to be there where, yes, they can revise the schedule, but it's going to cost you a little bit because pilots deserve to be paid uh, for the revisions and extra time on the road because we have families. We're making sacrifices. Absolutely. And that's what, something I think a lot of people don't understand. You know, you're gone every week or every month, you know, on the road. You want uh, different things going on, but uh, you don't want to be sitting there for free. And, and I think that'll help people, you know, when they're out there and things start going, going wrong and, and, uh, they at least know they're getting paid for it. So it's probably going to drive some pretty good behavior on the pilot side that the company will like. And then hopefully the company does some things that the pilots will like. So I really think that's a huge win. And, uh, the, the stacking of overrides on top of themselves, I, the, I know this gets a little bit in the, the nitty gritty, but if you have ETOPS, night and reassigned, they all stack. So all applicable overrides. Always wait, wait, stack. wait, 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 wait. You get paid extra money for flying at night? I know, right? What? Only one to five. I think one to five. <laughs> and ETOPS? Huh? <laughs> wow. Hint, hint, wink, wink. We need some yeah. of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love it. <laughs> well, Rob, I know you're a very, very busy guy. I want to thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast with me. Hopefully the Southwest pilots that listen and any other pilots get something out of this. I appreciate you bringing all the details and, and expertise on the TA that's out there. And, and like I said, I haven't talked to any of my Southwest clients or prospects that aren't pretty positive on this, uh, this TA. And I think it'll pass with flying colors. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it'll pass as well. And, uh, you're never going to get a hundred percent what you love, but this one uh, does a lot of good things, I think. All right. Well, once again, thank you so much for your time and we'll have everything in the show notes. If you guys want to reach out to myself or Rob and have any questions about any of this, thanks a lot for being here, brother. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Attention aviators, when you've spent years in the cockpit managing the complexities of flight, isn't it time you navigated your retirement with the same precision? Introducing RetirePilots.com. Right at your touchdown zone on our homepage, there's a beacon flashing, get my free toolkit. Click and you'll be cleared for a direct route to the Pilots Advisor Retirement Toolkit, which is tailor-made for pilots like you. Inside, you'll find two important books, the Pilot's Advisor, and Pilots Retire Early. Decipher the nine critical decisions when retiring before 65, and discover the seven lessons to help pilots land safely in retirement. But that's not all. This free toolkit is packed with altitude high value, including extras to get your retirement plans off the runway. When you order this free toolkit, you'll receive crucial tax planning information. You'll also discover ways to light the afterburners on your 401k and you'll even earn a free portfolio analysis. So captains and first officers, don't let turbulence disrupt your golden years. Start your descent to a clear, comfortable retirement. Vector on over to retirepilots.com to grab your free Pilots Advisor Retirement Toolkit. And let's embark on this journey together. Retirepilots.com. Hope you enjoyed that conversation between Ryan and Robert Eklund of Southwest Airlines. So for further conversation about this subject, let's look more specifically at the tax angle and the tax implications. And so Ryan's got special uh, guest Zach Smith from Pilot Tax uh, to join him for a little bit further uh, information and discussion about this whole big change coming down the pike for Southwest Pilots. So Let's get to their conversation. So I thought it'd be appropriate on this uh, podcast talking about the new Southwest Airlines contract, like we've done with many of the other contracts that have come through, just to get a little deep, deep dive on the tax side from a tax professional. So of course, we have uh, Zach Smith from Pilot Tax, working with pilots for the last 30 years and know and have many Southwest uh, clients. So Zach, I wanted to welcome you to the podcast again. I know you're a normal guest for us, but... Like a lot of the other airlines, we have big retro checks. I know that's something we should probably talk about from the tax side. Um, do you want to talk specifically about that with uh, Southwest and what their contract might look like? Yeah, so you're absolutely right, Ryan. This is this is going to be some pretty big checks for these guys. This has been a long time coming for Southwest. And uh, from, from everything we're seeing, it, it looks like this one's going to go through. And uh, it looks like tentative payment date on these checks is going to be around February 20th. Uh, I know the union's got some stuff out there right now that these guys can go through and, and kind of calculate what they think their retro is going to be. Now, the big problem we had with all the contracts that went through last year with all the other majors was the withholding on these checks. And I know we've done some other podcasts on this where we knew the withholding was going to be low um, based on how the contracts happened last year. Now, 
We don't know yet for sure how Southwest is going to do this, but it's going to be a different kind of problem. Um, it's looking like Southwest is, is intending to withhold uh, taxes in terms of their ordinary income tax rate. Now, what that's actually going to look like, we don't know. We just What we do know is it looks like that Southwest is not going to treat these like bonuses, uh, which is going to create some different issues, but may make some things easier for some others. Can you explain that just real quick, the difference between them doing withholding for a bonus versus an actual whatever tax bracket I guess they're expected to be in? Yeah. So the IRS has rules in place where if you pay an employee a bonus or additional compensation outside of your normal pay, they've got flat rate withholding rules. Delta American United all treated these as bonuses, which means they had to utilize the IRS rules that say there had to be 22% federal tax withheld. Regardless of how much money you make, it was 22% withheld on these retro checks, which is what caused a lot of issues because most of our pilots, as you know, Ryan, are at a higher tax rate than 22%. So it sounds like Southwest is going to try to treat these retro or ratification pays as regular income as opposed to differentiating it as a bonus. So in other words, Southwest is being a little bit more proactive to kind of eliminate some of these problems where they'll be withholding for the tax rate that the pilot probably will be in. Now, of course, depending on how big these bonus checks are, I imagine there's still the possibility of it pushing them into another tax bracket altogether though, right? I think it's more than likely it will be pushing them into another tax bracket. I mean, from from the clients that I've talked to, anybody that's got any kind of time on Southwest, um, these could easily hit six figures. So I don't doubt that these are going to push people in the next tax bracket. And then the complicating factor with this is a lot of our pilots, either their husband or wife also works. So it's going to create withholding issues on the spouse side because we're moving these guys and gals up the tax bracket so fast. Okay. Well, and, that, and that's why we want to have you on the podcast here because we want to plan for that stuff. Nobody likes tax surprises, let alone, I know I argue with you, we don't like taxes at all, but it's a necessary. No, no, no. <laughs> and so, so if we can at least plan for that, then we don't have that surprise. But from the, the financial advising side, this is where I go back and say, hey, take that bonus, act like it never happened. Take that retro check, act like it never happened. And whether you invest that money in a, in a taxable account or you have it in something else, you have that war chest right there to handle any tax issues you have, or hopefully we can make that money grow from the time that, that you receive that money until you file your taxes for 2024. So that that's my, that's my advice is act like it didn't happen, let it work for you. And then any tax issues that come up, um, then you have the money there to, to pay for it. And of course, we all know Uncle Sam's going to get his cut. I mean, that's just the way it is. So absolutely. And that's what I, you know, the common calls we're getting right now is, Zach, what can I do about this? Well, my response is, I've got nowhere to hide this money. It's coming through on a W-2. We can't bury it. It's, it's going to show up. There's nowhere to put it. It's going to be on your W-2. We're going to pay tax on it. There's nothing, there's really nothing we can do about it. Now, what you do with the money after you receive it, like you're saying, Ryan, if we choose to invest it, um, I want the Southwest guys to have the understanding, the guys and gals, that you are likely going to be in a different tax situation going into filing the following year. It's even worse for American Delta and United, the way that they did it. I think Southwest is potentially making this a little easier, uh, but I don't want everybody to think that there may not be a little bit of surprise come tax time. So we need to tuck some money away and, and kind of plan for that. Okay. And then lastly, on this podcast, many, many Southwest uh well, not only Southwest pilots, but a lot of the other pilots tend to watch these podcasts. Some of them are already uh, pilot tax 
clients or they're my clients where we always try to get them to work with pilot tax because it makes a lot of these issues easier and streamlined. If there's any listeners out there, the podcast or on the YouTube channel that want to get tax advice or maybe want to start working with pilot tax, uh, how would you uh, want them to uh, reach out to you? I know we're just into the new year. People are starting to think about taxes. You don't want to wait to the last minute. What's the best way for them to get in, in touch with pilot tax? Easiest thing, go right online to our website. We got a contact form there. Submit your information or the phone number is right there on our website. Give us a ring. We'll get a, we'll get a time set up to chat. Make sure you'll be a good fit for us and see what we can do to help. The cash balance plan is essentially a setup. Uh, in the agreement and the contract that's being initiated here, they recognize the fact that with the match that's required by the airline for the retirement or the contribution required by the company for the retirement, that with the increase in wages that they were going to end up exceeding the IRS allowed amount for total contributions into a 401k plan. So the question became, the contract says you have to contribute a percentage into my 401k, but what happens when that's completely maxed? Well, the solution they came up with was, we'll come up with this cash balance plan, right? Which is simply another tax deferred account where this excess contribution from the company is gonna get dropped into. Now, Ryan, you had talked about some of this before, from a tax side of things, this is just like any other traditional retirement contribution that goes into another fund that's separate, typically conservatively invested, and more deferred money. You can't touch it till 59 and a half. It'll be conceded, you know, considered traditional money. Uh, benefits to it, we don't pay tax today. It, it allows, you know, allows it to grow in this account. Uh, it keeps your tax bracket down right now. But, you know, Ryan and I had talked and discussed and very much on the same page that the cash balance plans kind of you don't have control of the money. The money goes in and it's going to be invested according to the way that the contracts work. And we can't do anything else about it. It's stuck in there until you retire, until you hit 59 and a half. Yeah. And, and the, the, the points that I would bring up, what I don't like about it is not only is it still more tax deferred money where many of our pilots have a ticking tax time bomb of deferred mm -hmm. money when we don't know what they're going to have to hit, get hit in taxes in retirement with what those rates are going to look like or any of that. But at the same time, it's invested with 40% equity, 60% fixed income, which is way more conservative than any other retiree would normally uh, put their money versus uh, something else that we talked about, which I really like about Delta's plan that not a lot of other companies have where they have the cash over cap. And so what happens is Delta pilots have a lot of ability to get as much Roth money as they want inside mm -hmm. that 401k plan, inside that limit, which for this year, 2024 is 69000 and then it spills over into income. So now they have that money to do whatever they want to do with it. But continuing to pack tax deferred money is really hurting a lot of our pilots because I don't think they really understand what the distribution phase of retirement is going to look like. And, and it's contributing to a bigger and bigger tax problem later. Well, that's exactly right. You know, while you're making, you're making good money, you're in the, in the height of your career. Most people say, I'll take the deduction today. I'll be at a lower tax rate when I retire. Well, that's, I call it the old school way of thinking. Yeah, is there some truth to that? Potentially. However, you're missing out on potentially 20 years of tax-free growth if we allocate more of this to the Roth plans and things like that, You know, things that you and I talk about all the time. And where we have to be careful, though, is that no matter what we do, a lot of these pilots, regardless of the airline, are going to end up with too much money in traditional accounts anyway, even if they contribute all their money to Roth, because any company contributions that go in are automatically traditional. So even for somebody who contributes Roth all the time, we're still going to have a small retirement taking time bomb. It's just going to be smaller. 
right? Smaller than somebody who goes all traditional. And our feeling is these cash balance plan is potentially making this problem a little bit worse, but there's nothing right now. We don't know that there's anything we can do about it for Southwest. Yeah, that's what it's, it doesn't sound like under this TA that they're going to have the ability to opt out of it like the Delta guys did. And the thing that I would say is, especially for my older clients, guys that are you know 60 to 65 right now, for the far majority of their career, they haven't even had the option to put money into a Roth 401k. It wasn't that's a thing. True. So we're seeing guys that have two, $3 million of all tax deferred money right now. And yep. then it's going to probably continue to grow. And then you know, once once required minimum distributions come up, they got a real big problem and they don't even know it. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, and and that's what's tough. That's what's tough. Tax deferred money is good, but you lose a lot of control and you you might get hammered on taxes. And and that's right. all we're trying to do is just just let let you be aware of your options and know that you know, pay me now, pay me later. Uncle Sam's going to get paid. But in most cases, it's a lot better for us if we can control when we decide to pay that tax. Would you agree with that? That's exactly it. And that's, that's what I try to tell all of our clients is I can't get you away from paying tax. What we try to do is control when and how you pay it. It's going to get paid, but if we can time it and do it the way that we, that we want to do it, it can be a lot better in the long run. And that's, that's the thing, you know, with these retirement contributions, everybody gets, you know, fairly short-sighted, right? I'm making a lot of money this year. I'm going traditional. We got to look 20 years down the road or 30 years down the road, depending on when you get hired. And incomes are incomes are going up on these on these contracts. These guys, you know, these pilots are going to make a lot of money over the next 20, 30 years. And we, we've just got to keep an eye on this stuff. All right. Well, Zach, I appreciate your time once again. I love the fact that we can get pilots in front of a CPA and talk about uh, their specific contracts in, in an industry that you are very well acquainted with. Pilot Tax has been working with pilots for over 30 years. They're our choice of referral at the Pilots Advisor. And if you guys want to reach out, we'll have that information for you. Zach, once again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being on the podcast.